Hello, Team Builder, and thank you so much for joining us today on Ask Michelle and Chris. We're here to answer your questions about team building so we can learn and grow together. I'm your host, Michelle Cummings of Training Wheels, and I'm joined by my co-host, Chris Cabert of Fun Doing and On Team Building. Let's go find out what we can answer for you today. Hey, Chris, how's it going? It's going well, Michelle, going well. Still enjoying the Colorado weather. Just chipping away at some of those fall chores uh, before the winter. How about Mm. you? How's it going? Yeah, I did the same thing this last weekend. It was so nice here in Colorado that I just, that I did all my fall gardening, like ripping out of all of the gardening. It's actually kind of the sad part of gardening (laughs) where you just are cutting out everything that you work so hard on all over the summer, but uh, it's still very therapeutic for me. I enjoy anytime I get to be outside and dig in the dirt. That's a good day for me. Yeah. Nice. Nice. I never thought about that. How one approaches dismantling all your hard work. That's interesting. That's interesting you bring it up. And then you probably think, okay, it's ready for next year. Yeah. And then that's what I would do is like, okay, well, I got to get it ready for next year. And you being a farmer mm-hmm. and a farmer family, you that was every year, right? Take, oh, yeah. you know, take it up, take it out, plow it under. Exactly. Get ready well, to we go. We don't plow it under anymore, which is crazy. There's new farming techniques that are just helping the soil so much better. We don't even plow it under anymore. Wow. So, okay, cool. See, that's a whole episode. I can just talk and talk about farming. So we yep. just finished corn harvest in Kansas. And so I took off my facilitator hat, put on the farmer hat and went and drove the semi and the combine and the, you know, the wheat truck and all of those tractors. I did that last couple of weeks ago and it was yeah. very good for my soul. I love that. Okay. Just, we're going to take a little pause. Uh, me and the listeners are just going to imagine you in a ball cap, sunglasses, driving a semi. So if you know Michelle, yes. you've seen her in front of the room doing her thing. She also drives a semi. That mental picture. All right. right? Now we now it's we white. Can you know the color if you really want to visualize it. It's a white semi. It's a white white cab, white trailer. Oh yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. So cool. <laughs> wow, very cool. Last week, we talked about the types of programs. Remember, we talked about team bonding, team building, team development. And we said we were going to talk about, you know, what we put in a needs assessment. What's our official question? Yeah. So our official question this week is, what do you include in a program needs assessment? I love this. And this is something that I feel like there's not a lot of really good training out there on. And I think a lot of people have maybe come up with their templates and, you know, maybe even have one printed by the phone and, you know, you're, you you maybe teach your staff how to do this, but at the same time, I don't know if there's really a good, there's not a really good needs assessment template out there. Maybe, I don't know. So today we thought we'd, maybe we'd, we'd focus on it and I could share with you what I put on my needs assessment or what at least are some of a lot of the good questions that I like to ask of my potential clients So that way we really are on the same page about what they want, what their budgets are, and the type of program that they're looking for. And there are lots of different types of categories that would go into your needs assessment as well. One is around program needs. The other is around program logistics. And then desired outcomes. Also think about duration of time. You know, how long do you have your clients on the phone? Is this going to be a 10-minute capture information? Or are you going to spend a good 30, 40 minutes really capturing what they want? So that's also something to consider as well. 
And there are some people who just will send out a form. Mm. That's another way to do it. I, I, you know, pros and cons with all different ways. I, I'm getting a sense that you and I are probably alike and we like to be verbally talking to someone. Mm-hmm. You know, nowadays it's hard to be face-to-face for needs assessments, but if we're on the phone or now with Zoom, we could Zoom even. Oh yeah. People I don't know about handy listeners out there, but for me, I, I actually don't have clients that call me anymore. Every single quote unquote phone call is now a Zoom session. So there's yeah. I feel like the phone call has died and it is now all Zoom sessions. Right. All the time. Isn't that crazy? But yeah. but now we at least get that you and I like that. Yeah. We can read some body language. We can kind of get a sense of of um their language and intonation a little bit better when we're watching them on Zoom. And so it's a nice way. But again, sending a form is another way to do a needs assessment, but it's still around the questions. Right. So I know. I have I have a one simple template for just something to think about, and then Michelle's going to go into some specific questions. But I love the old-fashioned who, what, where, when, why, and then I go to the how is for me. The specific questions in each of those categories could be a simple template for you to start with. If you just if you're kind of struggling with getting going. That's at least a starting point. Mm-hmm. Michelle, you've got you've got some great specifics that you like to use. Yeah, I do. Let's start with program needs first, and then I can go through what my project program logistics questions are. But program needs, that's really kind of where the needs assessment comes in. First and for, foremost, with no matter who it is, I always describe team bonding, team building, and team development. So that way, right away, there is a shared mental model around the type of program that you're, the client is wanting. And so first I give them the definitions and then say, okay, now that you've heard all three, where do you think your desired outcome is landing? Are you landing in team bonding, team building, or team development? And then once you know that, then that helps you set you up for your next round of questions. And keep in mind, that's the, the previous episode. So yeah. if you haven't, uh, listen to episode 26. That would be a little bit more of an explanation of the three. So that's where I start is always with the, those descriptions. And then after that, then I go into the why. So I kind of tap into maybe, you know, some of your, the way that you do it as well, Chris, but why are you seeking this training or consulting or program? What are, are there any current issues going on right now that you're trying to resolve? Uh, Is it just mandated that you do a program once a quarter and you're kind of fishing around for something new and fun? Can you share any relevant history of the group that would help me, the facilitator, design a program that would best meet your needs? You know, you could talk about relationships between specific team members. Um, How long ago was it that they did a program like this, a team building or team development or, or team bonding? Are there specific topics that they want to cover? So, you know, I, I often get calls where people are like, when I ask that question, like, oh, you know, we want to talk about trust, teamwork, and communication. I'm like, okay, um, there's a lot that goes into all of those. So let's break each one of those down. What is it about communication? Is it that it's not working right now? Do you just want it to be better or more efficient? 
what is it about communication that you want to focus on? Because that's a big umbrella word that has a lot that goes underneath it. I think it's also very important that the clients who are really energetic, we want to work on all this stuff. You as a program have to be super transparent on what you can actually do in the time that they're giving you. I think that in the last episode, we kind of talk about expectations. They want something and we promise something and then we don't deliver. That's where we get that bad reputation as team builders is we say we're going to team build with you, but there really isn't any building going on. Maybe there's the camaraderie and maybe there's the bonding, but there really wasn't anything intentional. Be very clear at what you can do with the time that you have. You got to be honest. You have to have the personnel that can do those things and then deliver on your promise. When you help them break down trust, communication, and team building or teamwork, then you might only be able to work on one of those things and and give them some really good stuff to take away so that they'll want to come back and do that next thing, right? If they've only given you two hours, yeah. Then, um, you know, so there are some clients that expect you to perform miracles in that two-hour time period. Having realistic expectations set up front is very important. I also ask, you know, what would a successful program look like in your eyes? At the very end, what is going to make you the most happy? Like, what does success look like? Because I'm going to build a program with the end in mind, right? Using some Stephen Covey language there. So are there specific behaviors that you'd like to see changed or at least touched upon that would get your group talking about this, that they'll participate in these things during the training? Um, and then just other things like how long has the team been together? Is there, are there any new members of the team? You know, all of those things that really to get a good history or snapshot of have they done this before? Have they had a positive experience with it before? Now, one question that I always ask, and I sometimes ask this one at the beginning, or now that Zoom is a thing and that we could um, actually record sessions, I actually ask often at the beginning, is it okay that we record this session? So that way, then, if there are other leaders that are decision makers about this program, that way they also have the information. Because one thing, I learned this tip from my husband, Paul Cummings, who owns and operates Strategic Adventures, and he does a a facilitated sales training that he does teaching facilitators how to use your skills as a facilitator in your marketing and in your needs assessment and the way that you sell your programs. And one thing that I learned from him that I try really hard to do is get the decision maker on the call or on in the session, because there's nothing worse than the messenger coming to this one hour long needs assessment, you know, phone call, Zoom session, whatever it is, and then having to go back and tell somebody else who's going to make a decision on whether or not you're there going to do this about your program, because now you've got the middleman that is trying to describe what you do to the person that's going to say yes or no. And that right there can be um, a real hindrance in you actually landing the client because if they don't say it the right way or they don't really, you know, deliver back and, and describe what you can do to the decision maker, you could lose it right there. What, and I love that idea. I never even thought of that now that we're Zooming because my question as you were talking was, what do you do when you get that person that's booking the program but is not even going to be there? And mm. you're talking to that person, which you just addressed that. That's perfect. Let's record this. 
because this is the context we're in, and then be able to get this to the decision maker so that they can hear what we talked about versus you trying to explain it to them. Now, all you got to do is send them the Zoom video. Yeah, absolutely. They can make that decision. That's very cool. That's another tool we can use in quote unquote marketing our programs. Then they get language from us, even though they're not on the phone call with us. Yeah. And what I like to do is also just, you know, throw together a quick slide deck of, you know, of pictures of people participating in your type of program that you do. So that way they can, they can literally see it. That's one thing that I always find interesting about our field is that we almost try to keep it a secret, like what we're going to do, because we don't want to give too much away. But at the same time, we're trying to sell them on something that they, they have no idea what it looks like to, so to try to help create a shared mental model on the type of programs that you do, but yet you can't really tell them what you're doing. It's, you know, it's one of those, it always is a little bit of a catch 22, if you ask me. Yeah, that's not, Zoom would be just a, I, I just changed my whole mental model about approaching it differently. Now I can do a slide deck. Now I can do pictures. I can, I can write the questions out and share my screen. So now a person hears my voice and sees it written out. So now we're, we're reaching more ways of understanding what we're doing and not having that miscommunication over the phone, yeah. which is very cool. Very cool. You know, and for those people that have been sent to collect the information, the information gatherers, I really try to honor them in that session in the call as well and say, and basically I use language around, I really want to help set you up for success when you go back to relay this information to your boss, to your manager, to the decision maker. So that way you're really prepared to come back with a, with, you know, a great example of what, you know, or of the information that you gathered. And so really you're, you know, and and I'm serious about that. The intent behind that really is, but also the other part of that is that I also want to make sure that my company and the program that I can do is well represented in the eyes of the decision maker as well. Some great questions, Michelle, about program needs. You mentioned at the beginning of the episode also about program logistics. What are some of Mm -hmm. your points that you cover there? You know, first and foremost, number of people, and that's going to help me design the program A, what activities am I going to choose? How many of each activity do I need? Um, I also consider asking questions around ages, gender breakdowns, length of employment, or how long this group has been together if it's not, if it's a kid group, or if it's all brand new, like those are just really important things to know. So it helps you design the program well. And then desired duration of the program. And this will help you determine whether or not they want team bonding, team building, or team development. Because if they only want a two-hour program, then that's going to put it down into the team bonding or team building department. And then next is around program venue. You know, whether you're an organization that actually has a physical location that people can come to, or whether or not they want the program to be on site, Who's going to book that? Is that booked by the client? Is that booked by you? Do they have the room size that you would need if they want to do it on site? Just making sure you set yourself up for success. I don't know. There has been multiple times when I say, okay, I need at least 1500 square foot room with no tables and chairs around the perimeter. And you show up and they give you a boardroom that's got a 10 foot table in it with 10 office chairs around it. You're like, okay. This is not awesome. And then yeah, you- that's specifically important. Michelle and I are recording this while we're in COVID protocols. And 
knowing your venue is super, super important because we know that when we're indoors, there's less space and we need than being outdoors. So when we're indoors, you want to keep the distancing between people. So you're going to need enough space for the number of people you have and to have their distancing. And then being outdoors, is there enough space to be outdoors in any kind of weather? If you know, you, you have to keep those things in mind now that we're in a little bit more of a, a limited setting on space needs for some people. Yes. Well, and I would even add to that now that you know, COVID is a thing. Um, now it would actually, I have more questions now around the type of activities that they're comfortable with doing and um, providing masks and hand sanitizer and all those different things just to see what's acceptable. You might even have to have a separate, separate COVID waiver now. Again, that's added kind of an, another list of questions that I would probably ask as well. You and I have also talked about before knowing what the whatever venue you're going to what is their protocol mm-hmm. and then are the clients or the participants willing to follow the protocol of the venue that's another thing you're going to need to find out about is there if there is a cohesion between the venue and the group right and then last but not least just like meals breaks are they provided by the client provided by you um, avoiding heavy carbs? Are there any dietary restrictions? All of those types of things as well. And again, that just kind of helps set you and your client up for success ahead of time. You can actually now appropriately price out the program. If you know, oh, we thought meals were included. Okay, well, that's going to be a different price than if they're providing all of those things. The needs assessment is great for program needs, program logistics, helps you know how to price out the program then, because you know whether it's team bonding, team building, team development. Those are kind of just my, you know, overarching questions that I start from and then dive deeper on any one of those topics during the conversation itself. Awesome. Thanks, Michelle. That that was very informative. I love it. And, And I'm guessing a lot of listeners out there, you have needs assessments. Hopefully we've given you some other ideas or avenues. And it's always one last point is always good to let the person you're talking to know about how long it's going to take to get through your needs assessment. Maybe there's something you can send them ahead of time that's just numbers. And then the call is just specifically details, right? That might be a way to shorten the call if you can get away with sending them some uh, information sheet ahead of time. Okay. So now we've talked about team bonding, team building, team development. We've now talked about the needs assessment, what goes into that. So next episode, we're going to focus on now, how do you choose the activities that go into team bonding, team building, team development? And we'll focus on that next week. Thanks so much for listening. If you have additional answers or comments about this question, please send them our way. And if you have a question you'd like us to tackle, we would love to hear it. You can find the submission link and anything we discussed in today's episode in the show notes. Find the show notes and past episodes at onteambuilding.com forward slash ask podcast. That's onteambuilding.com forward slash ask podcast. You can find me and sign up for my newsletter at training-wheels.com. You can sign up for my Fun Doing Fridays activity email and find me at onteambuilding.com. We hope you join us next week for Ask Michelle and Chris about team building.